Hello, this is Jamie speaking. Jamie, uh, what up? Hey, is this Ray? Yep, it's Ray. We're recording right now, too. Oh, sick. Sick. New podcast. Yeah, man, these are good. I love doing these. Oh, so, uh, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that uh, you called because I actually have a lot going on in my mind. Oh, sick. Yeah. So lately I've been thinking about things that people don't like to think about. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I noticed that, like, a lot of people don't want to discuss certain topics that require too much intelligent conversation and what's weird about that is there's almost it's like you bring up certain things to discuss and it turns people off and the question of why it turns people off has been has been a curiosity of mine because why don't people like why do people who want to discuss the nature of reality and existence not want to address these questions. It's like they're almost the the reaction I get is oftentimes it's like unimportant or it's irrelevant. Right. It's like if you're not talking about something that that's on the surface. Like if you're not talking about work or entertainment, sports, these surface kind of things, people don't want to really talk to you. <laughs> when you when you ask the bigger questions like what is this planet and really what is going on on this planet and why are things the way they are and who are we really as beings in the universe and you know you ask these questions and it's most people don't want to have anything to do with it right so yeah and I just started wondering like how could this possibly be are most people naturally just unintelligent? I don't think so. I think most people are intelligent. So what is it? And when I started looking around at all the stimulation that's in the environment, I started noticing certain patterns, like how they play the same music on the radio over and over again or how they play the same shows on TV over and over again, or how athletes make so much money off of chasing a ball around, and (laughs) how sports is just such a significant part of society. And on people's list of things that they need to keep up on. I mean, I'm guilty of all these things too, I like boxing and MMA, so I'm always looking and at all these different athletes and following their careers and records, and of course I enjoy being entertained by sports and movies and other entertainment, but the one thing that I look for, even if I'm, I'm consuming entertainment, is meaning. Right. I don't like to just watch a movie That's just mindless action. I feel like I just wasted two hours of my life. And if I don't get a return on the time I put into watching a movie, Mm -hmm. the return being uh, some food for thought, some 
truths or some useful information or insight, I feel like I just wasted my time. Right. So, yeah, and so that's kind of why lately I just haven't really been interested in movies because I see every time I go to the movies, it's, it's just mindless action where all these things are happening and there's no real substance. And, but there, but on on the flip side, there's the movie the movie platform is such a powerful tool to communicate knowledge and insight. Right. And there are movies that do do that, just not as much lately. Or if there is, I'd like to know about these movies so I could watch them. Right. Um, just to name a few, uh, I was a big fan of Fight Club. I was a big fan of The Matrix. Mm-hmm. I was a big fan of The Island. Yeah, a movie like The Island is cool because it is one of those seemingly mindless action movies, but the philosophy behind it was something that I thought was an allegory or a metaphor for the situation that we face in reality, right. meaning that, okay, like in The Island... These people are brought to this island. These people, it's kind of like the Matrix, where they're living in an artificial island where they think that's the real world, but really it's just a little facility underground in the middle of, I forgot where the actual, it was like in the middle of America somewhere, underground. Right. And they thought that was the whole entire world. Really, it was just a simulation. Kind of like the Matrix, how in the Matrix, Everybody in the real world believes that reality is reality. What you can see, taste, touch, smell, or feel means it's real. So it, everything that we're experiencing must be real, only to find out it's not real. It's a simulation. Uh-huh. And, yeah, so, like, there's this metaphor of the simul- of reality being a simulation is a theme, one of my favorite themes. Because I, it's a question that I have about, about reality as I experienced it. And, I mean, if you even just look at the amount of media, like I was just talking about, about sports, entertainment, and all these things that are keeping us saturated in this big bowl, mm-hmm. that can also be looked at as a matrix, as a form of simulation, keeping us from the real reality. Now, it's all it's all dependent on how much you invest in the matrix and how, I mean, and it also depends on your awareness of it. Most people aren't really aware of it. They think it's silly. Like, if you even talk about this, it's like they're going to say, oh, that's just, that's so packed. That's old. I mean, that's just like that movie, The Matrix, like, oh, reality isn't actually real. And then it's like, come back to Earth, you know. And I'm saying that there is actually a growing body of evidence, scientific evidence, that says, actually, man, you may be the jackass. That's wrong. Oh. Maybe this, this, maybe we really are living in a simulation. And why would they put it in all these movies? Now, I talk shit about conspiracy theorists because I used to be one, and... I go back and forth 
sometimes I am a conspiracy theorist and then other times I'm not. But here's the one thing that stays constant. Here's the one thing that stays constant. When I try to forget about these deeper questions and join the rest of the world, mm-hmm. I can only last for so long before I crack. <laughs> uh-huh. And I get, and as soon as I crack, I immediately get pulled back to these basic questions. And as soon as I get pulled back to these basic questions, I feel like myself again. Right. As weird as that sounds. So, I want to just talk a little bit about what simulation theory is. Please do. So, simulation theory is a pseudo-scientific hypothesis. Uh, Some could even say belief system, pseudo-scientific belief system, that says our reality is a program. A computer program, it's not real, it's a simulation, and it's by design. And we are merely players in this gigantic video game, if you will. Okay. So that's pretty much simulation theory. Now, why do... I say pseudoscientists, but there's actually a lot of legit science behind this theory. The reason why I say pseudoscience is because when you get into the quantum field, there's so many, there's more questions than there are answers that come up every time they run an experiment. Right. So it's not an exact way of proving something like physics. Right. It's physics, you fire a gun, the bullet hits the target, the, the target dies, it's pretty damn obvious. But when they're running these quantum experiments, such as the double slit experiment, it, it brings up questions, not answers. It actually doesn't answer anything. It just brings up more and more questions. Like, to clarify the double slit experiment for people that have heard of it, but maybe haven't understood it to its fullest because I was one of those people. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to put it into real simple language. Yes. Basically, the double slit experiment is they're trying to figure out whether the smallest components of matter, which are electrons, are made of particles or energy. So to do that, they have a gun that fires these electrons. It sprays electrons. And they fire these electrons through a wall, which has two slits cut in the wall. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side of the wall, there's another wall where the electrons will end up after they fire it through the slit. So it should, so if the electrons are particles, then What should happen on the second wall is a stencil. You should get an exact stencil of the two slits. I mean, just think about if you're spray painting paint through a stencil. The other side, the finished product is going to be the stencil. It's going to be the outline of the stencil, right? Mm -hmm. So in the double slit experiment, when the scientists are observing their experiment, That is what happens. On the other side of the wall, yeah, you will just get 
you fire the electrons through two slits, you get two slits on the other side of the wall. Yeah. Pretty simple. Two slit shaped, simple. shaped sprays. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty simple. But when the scientists do not observe the experiment, they're, look, they're not there, they're not looking at it, mm-hmm. something weird happens. The other side of the wall will form not two slits, but five, four or five slits. And what that means is that right before the, the electrons are passing through the slits, they're actually changing into waves, energy. Wow. So that doesn't, so you, so you can see here, it doesn't answer the question. The original question is, what are the smallest building blocks of life? made of? Are they made of matter or energy? And the answer they get is both. So, and but even more boggling than that, observation is the, is the thing that changes an electron from a particle to energy, depending on if someone is even observing. So that brings up the question, what part what part does consciousness play in reality itself? Right. In, in, in the case of the study, it shows that it plays a major part because we're seeing that when you just the act of looking at something changes its state of being. Right. So they've, they've modified this experiment several times and attached mirrors and and uh, probability counters to remove all the variables that they can. And after all these modifications on the experiment, they're still left with the same question. They're back to square one. We still don't know <laughs> what, what substance is made of, what our world is made of. Yeah. Okay, so, so how does this fit into the simulation theory? That our world is a computer program? Well, if our world is a computer program, then it's not going to be made of physical particles. It's going to be made of code. It's going to be made of numbers and of strings of ones and zeros, just like geometry proves. When you look at mathematics, it's the language of nature. You can find patterns and equations and numbers in everything in life. Anything that has life has mathematical equations, which makes up its existence. And just a simple simple check is just look at a human body. You come with five fingers, five toes, five, uh, what do you call? um, Senses? Yes. Exactly. So, you, and there's even measurements. The measurements between your fingers also have correlations. Like, um, it's an inch between. Like most people's fingers are, are broken up into. If you look at the lines on your fingers, you, they're divided into three parts. Each of them should be like around around an inch long. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of other measurements that correlate. So there's obviously a design aspect to all life. 
just for the simple fact that everything is has proportions. Right. Everything has proportions that correlate to other proportions. Mm-hmm. So if you look at a computer program, all the characters that are designed from the same source code will also share those same correlations and measurements, even though you can interchange the variation, they're still going to have the same basic features of the code. Right. Just like us. We all look different. Well, there's different races. There's different tall people. There's short people. There's fat people. But at the end of the day, when you look at our DNA, the code is pretty much the same. Right. So let's look at some more supporting evidence for how simulation theory could be possible. Speed of light. So it was thought a few years ago that it was possible to travel faster than the speed of light. And, but it turns out that the, that experiment was faulty because of the equipment they were using was not reading things accurate. And so they said, actually, we were wrong. Yeah, you really can't travel faster than the speed of light. And that so was what does that, that, say? that was Einstein's. That's one of Einstein's things too, right? He's he was the one who said you can't travel faster than the speed of light. Yeah. Yeah, and then they tried to prove him wrong, and yeah. nobody has to this day. And yeah. so this begs the question: like, if we're just living in an open reality, evolution is just things are kind of the way they are, but you can evolve and there's natural selection and eventually there's going to be something that can travel faster than the speed of light. It has to be, but there's not. So what does that mean? It means that there's a cap on how fast you can travel. So if this universe was created by design, just like in a computer, there's going to be, there's going to be caps on speed. If you have a, let's say you have a a processor that has 2.8 gigahertz of speed and it has a turbo boost of 4 gigahertz, that's as fast as the computer can process things. Right. It's not going to jump to 6 gigahertz on its own. It can't evolve to 6 gigahertz. It's just that's the fastest they can process because that's how it was programmed. So that is a feature in which only programs have. That's a feature that only programs have, which is a finite cap on speed. Right. So, yeah, and the next one is time dilation, which time dilation is just the slowing down of time as you go faster or as more matter enters the universe, that also slows down time. It's called time dilation. So in a computer, it's the same thing. The more you add to the operating system and and the faster, more workload you give the operating system, the slower it's gonna run. So then you see time dilation in both operating systems and computers, and you see them in reality, in the physics of time our time. You see it in both cases. So, so far, there has been time dilation, 
that is a feature of an operating system. Hmm. We see we see not being able to tra- travel faster than the speed of light. That's another feature of an operating system, a finite cap on speed. And we see that uh, source code. We see that that human beings and math, not just human beings, all life, all has the same source code, but just different variations. Right. And there's more. So, so why, why, oh, okay, there's more. So the Big Bang, scientists, um, Darwinian evolutionists, scientists, they all agree, they all agree that the Big Bang was an actual event that happened, and it was a single event, this single event that started the whole universe, that gave life to the whole entire universe. Right. Well, you know what? You know, that sounds really similar to when you buy a new computer and you turn it on for the first time, or when you buy a new Xbox or a new PlayStation and you turn it on for the first time, when you first put Street Fighter into the console for the first time and you hit power and it boots up, suddenly there's just life from one single event. You have all these characters and this entire world that all these characters can navigate and go through and play through. All from one event. So, switching on a console or a computer with a game loaded really sounds like the Big Bang. Sounds very similar to the Big Bang. So now, these, these, this list of evidence that I've just went through, yet it's not, it doesn't prove simulation theory, which is why I said pseudoscience, because it's not something we can prove. It's just something that is worth further investigation, in my opinion, because we still don't know the answers to these age-old questions of who are we, why are we here? So, who? Okay, so simulation theory. There's a whole community of people that um, believe in believe in the simulation, right? There is. It's growing. It's a yeah. It's a growing belief, scientific belief system. Who do they think is on the other side? In the movies, it's usually the robots. In the Matrix, it was the robots that created the, ah. that used humans as batteries, and they found out as an energy source, and they found out that humans like to be stimulated with. Um, they they found out what how human how the human mind works, and they built the Matrix to keep them, basically keep them in their cocoons, you know? You bring up the most important question. (laughs) You bring up the most important question. You know, and just real quick, that's also the plot of The Terminator. So it's kind of like chapter two of The Terminator when the robots win and um, start using humans as pretty much, you know, in the Matrix uh, energy source. Or, or, so you you know you know where you know exactly where this is going. Okay, go ahead. And the answer is the answer is simple. It's one word, and it's not the only word. But I'm just gonna use the word that everybody's most familiar with, and that's Illuminati. Mm. Because if 
you go back in history and let's just say like for argument's sake that this is how the order in which things went. So knowledge has, has existed in the ancient past and has always been the most value valuable commodity in the whole universe is, is knowledge. And it's been passed down through several cultures, civilizations, and generations, and now we have this empire, we have this technological, digital zoo that we're living in right now where we live off of money. We have to work and have jobs to, to rack up these paper tickets so we can eat and we can exist. And the way that this system has been has developed over time, has always had a power structure, has always been, has always had a power structure component. So there's always been the elite and there's always been the rest. Right. So how does this top-down power structure, power structure even come into existence? Well, it means for it to come into existence, the, a small portion of people, the elite, would have to know something or be in control of something that nobody else is. So the theory, the possible theory, that people who believe in simulation theory is that the Illuminati which everybody knows by now. It's a small group of men going back. It was an actual secret society going back to the 1700s that um, have put this simulated reality into place. And they keep us contained in the simulation with bread and circus. In Rome, they called it bread and circus because you show up and you get free bread and free entertainment. And that pacifies the public into in, into understanding and investigating what the elites are, the agendas that the elites are actually carrying out. And it's no different today. Why else would entertainment and media be such lucrative industries that like that dominate society? Why would it be that way? It's that way for a reason. And it's not entirely that we are to blame also. People themselves are to blame also for our own weaknesses, for our our desire to to feel safe, to feel comfortable, and to belong over facing the unknown or to be ridiculed. It, it, it's a lot more comforting to just not even try to question try to question any of any of this. It's better to just go along to get along. And so it's not entirely the fault of the people pushing the agenda. It's also just straight up, we have weaknesses too. So if simulate, let me just bring up uh, another interesting anecdote about simulation theory from Gnostic Christianity. Now myself, I am not religious. I'm not Christian, I'm not Muslim, I'm not Buddhist, I, I just don't have a religion. But if you look into Gnostic Christianity, what, what they believe is that the God 
that every that mainstream Christians believe in is actually the devil, is an imposter god. They don't believe he's the devil. He, they believe he's an imposter god Whoa. that took over the world of the former god, and that and this imposter god has constructed the world that we live in with all these rules to follow that only serve this imposter god, but actually keeps us in bondage. Whoa. Yeah. And in order to free yourself from the bondage, you have to get to know the true God. Who the true God is, that's another philosophical, theosophical mystery. Because some say it's you, and some say it's the Force, like in Star Wars. So, let's talk about death and how that fits into the simulation theory. Okay. So, if simulation theory is real, if this really is how the way things are, and you die, what happens when you die? Well, let's look at water, for example. Water, let's look at water, for example, okay. If you have ice, if you have a huge block of ice, you can't walk through a block of ice. Hello? Yeah, keep going. Keep going. You can't, you can't walk through a block of ice. Mm-hmm. However, you can walk through water, a pool of water, and you can walk through a bunch of vapors. Right. Water vapors. You can walk through all those things. It's the same exact thing, but they're in different states. Mm-hmm. And if you were to look at water turned to vapor, like if you were to get a glass of water and just put a camera on it, film it for uh, three months, eventually the water is going to evaporate. And you're and to the naked eye, it's gone. It no longer exists. It's gone from existence because I can't fucking see it. So it must not exist. Right. Bullshit. It does exist. It's a, it exists as vapor, but it still exists. Right. It's just in a different state. Now, you can change states. You can turn ice back to water by heating it, and you can turn water into ice by freezing it. Right. So it's all about a, a change of state. So when you die, what happens? We don't know. But... We should be able to at least be able to look at water and say, hey, nothing in the universe goes goes out of existence. It merely changes state. So what is the next state after you die? What is it? And if we're living in a simulated reality, why have the life that we had at the point of death? What was the point of that whole thing? What was the point of it? There has to be, if the simulation hypothesis is true, there has to be another state that you shift into after you die. And possibly your consciousness still exists in a different state. And and this is where a lot of... uh, 
the bigger questions, more questions just come up. But here's something I wanna, I wanna, I wanna touch on too. A lot of people, most people, I myself included, don't want to die. And I'll say it: I don't want to die. Do not, universe. I'm telling you this right now. I am gonna live a very long time, and I'm gonna fulfill everything that I was put here to do. I'm saying, I'm telling you that now, so you understand that this is really important that I complete my mission before you make me change state. But a lot of people who have had near-death experiences, mm-hmm. they actually say the experience was not what you'd expect. Um, I've heard that people who have, have faced death and have almost crossed over to the other side, they explain the experience as bliss. Because from where we are now, you look at that, that, that day of reckoning and you say, God, I'm going to miss my family. I'm going to miss eating. I'm going to miss sex. I'm going to miss watching um, my kids grow up. I'm going to miss uh, eating. I already said eating. I'm going to miss all the fucking shit that, that people enjoy on the planet. Mm-hmm. But you, that's what you, that's how it appears. That's how, that's how, what you think now. But to the people who have had those near-death experiences, a lot of them say, no, 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 no. That is not what happened. In fact, what happened was all I thought about was the pain of living. Oh. The pain of living, the everyday little shit that you deal with, like waking up to go to a job, sitting in traffic, breakups, death in the family, uh, money problem, just all the fucking pain of living. Everybody is, is life is pain, straight up. I don't care how happy and confident you, you try to fake to be. Uh-huh. You, your ass is in pain. And you can tell because people who have like fake laughs are usually covering up pain. So, Pain is a part of living. And so a lot of those people that have that face death and have a near-death experience, they say that they couldn't wait to die as they're going through it. They just can't. They're loving whatever is happening to them because it's like, oh, I finally got over it. I finally, it's kind of like high school. When you graduate high school, it's like, yes, you're going to miss like, in class to smoke weed. You're going to miss like having sex for the first time. You're going to miss being around your friends and going on trips. You're going to miss talking to kids in class. But you're asking, fucking, would you want to go back to high school? If they said, okay, repeat it then. (laughs) You know, go back to ninth grade and since you you love it so much, you're like, (laughs) go back to ninth grade. How many fucking, yeah, it's like how many kids, high school kids do you think would want to repeat it? Most probably none of them. You're you're happy to fucking graduate. You're happy to leave high school, even though yeah, you're gonna miss some of the things. But most of all, you're pretty much happy to be graduating and to be moving on. So that is what a lot of these near death experiencers have experienced. Is that it's not a it's not a dismal it's not a dismal bleak feeling void that they have of missing people and loneliness. It's a letting go of that whole fucking mission 
that I just went through and finally I made it to the end. Yes, what next? What do we do now? So, and a, so, go ahead. Okay, so that's why it's important that you figure this out now. You do as much as you can to figure out where you're going after you die in this life. So that, because what happens if when you do die, you're, you're given a choice. I mean, this is, uh, you see this reoccurring theme in, in lots of religions and a lot of mythologies. I mean, the whole process of death and rebirth. Okay, so let's say you die and you're greeted at the heavenly gates and they say, okay, do you want to go again? They ask you, like, you want to go again? We'll show you um, a few different types of lives you could have. Um, if you choose this one, you're going to, you didn't really master this in your last life, but if you choose this life, you can master this particular thing. And if you choose this life, you can master this other thing. Do you want to go again or do you want to go somewhere else in in the game? Do you want to, do you want to go into a different part of the matrix, a different part of the game? You should know those answers, and you should have the awareness at that point, because if you don't, you might have you may have to be re I don't want to say reincarnated, but you may have to go again several times back to high school, back to elementary school, back to kindergarten, and repeat all that shit over and over again. And yes, you you'll have uh, hopefully you will have loved ones and, and you'll have a great time hopefully but you're, you're also going to have to go through all the pain again so you get to decide and you should have an awareness of how you want your next life to be before you actually get there before you actually have to make that decision figure it out now okay. or at least here's a question okay is that decision inside or outside of the simulation, or are we not talking about the simulation anymore? Oh, you bring up, you're just on one today, because that yeah. is a, that is the second most important question there is about simulation theory. Oh. Because if simulation theory is real, that means that the external events that happen in our lives actually come from the DNA that we were originally programmed with. And when we get the, stim the, the stimuli from those external events, it gets fed back into the matrix and our DNA updates the changes. Oh. And so as that happens, as the DNA updates us with changes, it feels like we have free will. It feels like we are the ones that are making choices and creating these events in our lives. I wanted to be an artist, so I went to art school, and I met I met um, an art teacher that really inspired me, and he led me to develop this technique. And I, be, it's like you, it, it feels as if you're creating this whole narrative, this whole story. Really, no, you just experience it just the same way a video game character in a movie. Alright, I'm sorry, a video game character in a video game mm -hmm. is beating he's, he's beating the boss of level one. Then he's getting he's, he moves on to level two, it's a brand new world. He's right. gathering tools, he's getting stronger, his stats are growing, then he beats the boss of level two. 
level three, level four, until he finally beats the game. The video game character thinks he's responsible for all that. No, 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 no. The player, the, the, the fat kid smoking weed and eating ice cream on the couch is the one that's actually pulling all the strings. But the character in the video game experiences it as himself or herself making all these decisions. So that's why um, when you die, when you die, maybe you never even had a, maybe you don't have a choice as to where you go next because you were designed. And there's a place where you're going to go after this. And it's just weird because if the system has like... You were designed or what you're experiencing has been designed. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, that's sort of everything is in the DNA. So if if you begin as code, both you and your experiences in the external world mm-hmm. are actually all part of the DNA code that you came with. But the DNA is working within an operating system, the matrix. So as soon as the stimuli from your experiences in the external world get fed into the get fed back into the matrix, your DNA then updates itself correct so that you never feel you never feel like someone else is making these choices for you. You feel like it's you making these choices. Mm-hmm. It's a there's a self correcting component that has been programmed. A line of code, let's say, there's a line of code that self corrects. And that's why um, – Here's where – okay, go ahead. Go ahead. There's a, there's a movie called The 13th Floor, mm-hmm. and um, it's not a very popular movie. Uh, it's actually completely low budget. It's a B movie. I'd even go so far as to say it's a C movie, mm-hmm. so I don't expect people to have heard of it. You can find it online. You might be, yeah, you can find it online. Just Google the 13th floor, but there's a line in that movie. It's kind of like The Matrix. It came out during the same time. But there's a line in the movie that's really powerful. And the line is, we programmed this world so that no one in it could ever know the truth. But you did. How is this possible? I mean, it's, it's a one character talk. It's the designers of um, the simulated reality speaking to the heroes of the movie who they discover the truth. But it's impossible because the designers programmed the world so that no one could discover the truth. Okay. And so, like, maybe that's why nobody in our in our time seems to be able to fucking know the answer, know the grand fucking secret of what is the truth. Are there aliens? How come every time we get so close to to knowing the truth, it eludes us? Like as soon as, as you're about to discover what the truth is, suddenly you're just as lost as when you first started. And maybe that has something to do with... The programming, and it's actually designed that way, and that's why nobody could figure it out. So, yeah, what were you going to say? I was going to say that it's sounding like there's two different kinds of simulation. So, 
One simulation is in like the movie The Matrix where our physical bodies are in a cocoon and our brains are being fed stimuli. And it, our brains believe that we're actually walking about, breathing air and stuff. So that's, that's one simulation. That's like in the movie The Matrix. And then the other simulation is we were born in the we were born in the game. We grew. Oh, I, yeah. You you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I totally see what you're saying because like, you're like, basically like, making um, that's like in the the movie um, I just the Hunger Games. They they have this this game board basically, and um, the whole set was designed, and they're living in the game, and. Um, so that's that's the other simulation. We're born in the game that was designed. Hmm. So yeah, that is like Neo versus Agent Smith because Neo was born in the Matrix. Yes. But Agent Smith was born in the Matrix. Yes. So I guess what you're asking is like, is there a do we have other bodies? somewhere else that is jacked into the matrix and this is the simulation or were were all of us born in in the simulation as code to begin with and we really don't have an essence a biological organic essence yes that's a great question man and i don't know (laughs) i really don't know because that's the problem with quantum science and the simulation theory is that you only get more questions. The further, the more answers you get, the more questions you get. Yeah. And it's like you never really solve the puzzle, and that's what makes it annoying, and that's what makes movies like The Thirteenth Floor and The Matrix good because they they highlight they highlight this annoyance of how come we can never know. Right. They, they highlight, I'm going to close my window because I should have done this in the beginning of the call because I know outside noise really is distracting. It's all right. But I've, been, this, I've been like cooking food this whole time. I don't know if you can hear it. but Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's just, hold on. It's going to close. That's right. And um, so these are questions that people don't like to talk about you're a fucking nerd you're a you're a geek you suck you suck it's like get a life you fucking suck no one's, you know no one's saying play that. some sports i feel like they do i mean it's not like you're gonna say this to your face but it's just like the it's just that it's just a distasteful subject that people don't want to discuss and and that's what i was gonna say like um, it is intelligent conversation something that the Illuminati doesn't want us to engage in? That's what I'm wondering. Like, are they encouraging the dumbing down yes, of us so that we won't fucking question this? Because what if we figure out their game? What that, happens if we figure out, like, you fuckers program this game. That is, that, that is the game, dude. Game. That, that's the whole idea of the Illuminati is that they're the game, the game makers, you know? They are, dude. And then, like, they put, I know I like, you know, like, just on a on like a basic thing is the whole fluoride in our drinking water. They they want us to be dumbed down. Chemtrails. That's like the whole. And Prince had just called out chemtrails. 
Oh yeah. R.I.P. to Prince, man. That was a that was a heavy one. We we lost a lot of good people this year, but um, R.I.P. to Prince, man. Yeah, I mean, he was he was pretty short, but I mean, he was a pretty talented guy too. He was an original. Yeah. He was an original, and that's that's you know the stamp he left. He left the legacy. He yeah, left. and it, yeah, and it is weird because here's the thing. Like, on YouTube and in the conspiracy world, you know how there's a lot of people that think Hollywood and the music industry has been infiltrated by the Illuminati, and they've, they've gotten to Justin Bieber, they've gotten to Michael Jackson, they've gotten to Jay-Z, they've gotten to Prince, and they've gotten to Miley Cyrus. Like, that's, you've heard of that, I'm sure. Yeah. The conspiracy theories that the Illuminati has infiltrated the Hollywood and music industries. So I wrote all that shit off as total bullshit for this entire time because I'm just like, it's just, you're going to take it like too far now. Yeah. Um, but actually after the, the passing of Prince, I'm mm-hmm. starting to humble myself again. It's important to keep, keep yourself humble because like, I go back and forth, man. It's like straight up X-Files. You do gotta, I mean, if you're a proper researcher, you will go back and forth. Yeah. If you're doing it correctly, you're gonna go back and forth because that's where the information is taking you. You want and a, if you're you want a beyond the yeah. shadow of a doubt. Yeah, so, so you're as, not gonna just so as be mean. It, as more information comes, you have to revisit certain re, revisit certain ideas. Yeah, exactly. And um, so that's kind of what I'm doing with like this Hollywood Illuminati infiltration is revisiting an idea that I had written off in the past. Mm-hmm. And I'm starting to say, hey, that what well, that actually could be possible. I mean, you look at Michael Jackson before he died. They sullied his, his, his image. I mean, because really, dude, most of us, except for Michael and, like, the kids, nobody really knows if he's a pedophile. Right. All we know is that they painted him to be a pedophile. Maybe he is, but we really don't know. But what we do know is that he was writing in his lyrics and he was releasing music exposing the Illuminati. And then he died. And then Stanley Kubrick, same shit. Yeah. He made Eyes Wide Shut where he just totally put him on blast and then he died. And then you got Prince. He, he put them on blast and then he died. And mysteriously of a flu yeah. that was easily treatable. Yeah. And he's a rich, 50, young, 57-year-old celebrity and he couldn't cure a flu yep and then um i mean i heard that he didn't seek professional help for it but it's a fucking flu right i wouldn't either and then you have the nih um i don't know if you've ever gotten sick before but um you know when you have like you think you're getting sick and you go online and then you look at all your symptoms and it scares you it freaks you the hell out right um nih they they often because i'm registered with them and I look up their, their medical shit all the time. I used to anyway. I don't do it anymore because it's just, it drives you insane. But, uh, they're always sending me these emails about how doctors and scientists are, are passing away mysteriously who, who seem to be coming up with the cure for cancer, for AIDS, for all these different diseases. They, they seem to be just dying mysteriously. Yeah. And so that makes you question too. And then if you look at the Illuminati, the the Hollywood players in the Illuminati, like um, 
you see that Justin Bieber got an owl tattoo. And uh, you see that Jay-Z's always putting up the the Illuminati hand signs. And then you have Oprah Winfrey performing the Illuminati ritual, the Masonic ritual with the noose and all that at the Oscars or the Grammys or whichever one it was. What? Yeah, so it is kind of weird. And then are they doing it because it's cool? Yeah, but maybe that's the whole idea <laughs> is that, let's, I mean, they're so fucking far ahead of us that, like, by the time we figure out the plan that they put in place four years ago, they're on to fucking the next 10-year plan. So it's, like, it's really difficult to to track them down. But So let's say they, they infiltrated Hollywood in the music industry, and now they want people, because that's how the Illuminati is now. Back in the day... I'm talking about, like, pre-2003. Back in the day, it wasn't cool. The Illuminati didn't have that air of, of coolness at all. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was something that was not even really known about, except for nerds, like conspiracy nerds. But other people don't really know what it is. And it wasn't something that people really wanted in, if they did, if you did explain it to them. Nowadays, it's, it's the image of the Illuminati has done a complete 180. Now people think it's cool. People want to be part of the Illuminati. They want to join it. They want to have the power. They want to have engaged in these hellfire clubs and these, <laughs> these ritual sex orgies. They want to be part of the Illuminati. And so all the celebrities, all these musicians, that seems to be promoting the Illuminati, it's maybe that is part of the agenda is to change the image of the Illuminati so that it's no longer the enemy. It's not that you want to beat them, you want to join them. Do you think these celebrities that speak out are then targeted? Absolutely. I mean, if, if it's all true, then absolutely. Because why are the ones who do go ahead and perform the rituals and get the tattoos and do the hand signs. Why are they, why are their careers getting elevated while the people that speak out on it, even Tupac, right? even Michael Jackson, the people that go against them, why do they die? It's not that they just lose their careers. They die. They're like erased from existence. Yeah. RIP to um, Merle Haggard too. He spoke out about um, the government. Really, and he died the same. Even, he died the same way Prince did recently. Just a mysterious, like flu, My, right? Mysteri- just, mysterious illness. Hmm. We could go on oh, and yeah. on. We could go on and on about that, though. Like, if you you ever read about all those guys who invented uh, car conversions, where you can convert your car to run off water. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Like, all those fools are dead. There's like five people. They have invented that in the history of cars. One of them was a Filipino. That's how I know about it. He, there's, yeah, I, I heard about him. There's YouTube. He's just pouring him. water straight into the engine of a car, and he's driving, you know? Damn. He mysteriously died. They all, like, mysteriously blow up in a car or off the side of the road or something. Yeah, man. And it happens in those sectors of inventions, like technology sectors, yeah. in medicine. It happens in all these fields. Like people just mysteriously die. And then we see, like, 
politically, obviously. I mean, that's just out in the open. So. Yeah. It's like, so there are, there are agendas at work that are in motion. Yeah. Make no mistake. There's agendas in motion, and you're a part of them. Yep. We are, we are a part of them. We are, yep. the, we are the, the pond. There's, there's, no, there's no doubt about that. There's no doubt about that. The questions I have are more like, is there one guy at the top pulling all the strings, or is there 5, 10, 20 different groups? Pulling all the strings, you know what I'm saying? Oh well, and, yeah. And, and I mean, well, from are, that, are they warring against each other, or are they working together? Yeah, it seems as if there. It's what it's the second thing you said. There is multiple factions that are competing with each other. I think at, in a in a power struggle. I think that's the problem with. I mean, it's the problem with science, and it's the problem with conspiracies. Is people want one unified answer for everything and there isn't one exactly there isn't yeah one. exactly there's the automobile industry conspiracies then there's the political conspiracies and yes some of them overlap each other but some of them stand alone yeah, and that's what people think these Bilderberg meetings are all about. Exactly. They think it. They think it rules. They think it's all aliens and New World Order and all wrapped into one fucking meeting. You know. Well, the, the Bilderberg meetings is where they actually do all meet up, and that's that's why people think that. See, like these Bilderberg meetings, they have their CEOs. They have their all their the leaders of their industries meet up. Mm-hmm. A few times a year, once a year, um, sometimes at, at, at the Bilderberg building or sometimes at the Bohemian Grove. And that is what people, we on the outside are asking is that what are you guys discussing? What are you guys talking about? Like, what are you guys planning out? Because, like, it's like they should have multiple, they have, there's multiple sections. Like, we were just saying the automotive industry, science industry, the, the political landscape, they're all different factions, but when they come together at these meetings, at like the Bilderberg meeting, that's where they actually discuss how the next years are going to play out. So like the automotive guy, he may say like, hey, well, guess what? Like we had to take out these scientists that discovered <laughs> water-powered cars earlier because I know that I have a deal with um, a patent uh, or no, I have a deal with the media industry, and we already have our tw- our line of 2016, 17 cars coming out. And so the money that we've spent on marketing is already in motion. So I had to, we had to take care of this. And then it'll be like, you know, that guy. Okay, so let's talk to the people in the who are in the media industry. It's like Michael Jackson has been releasing some some really. Uh, some really revealing music lately and it's starting to cause it's picking up momentum and it's like you know you're right about that you know that's not going to be good for that's not going to be good for us either uh why don't we take him out so it's like they're having all yeah so it's like what you're saying there's not a one size fits all there's not a one size fits all answer Right. Where it's just like there's just this one group, and there it's just like this guy with five 
five brains and he's able to keep track of everything that's going on in the whole world and yeah yeah it's not like that it's a, it's, it's like millions of people are involved yeah. <laughs> and it's there's there's so many different levels up the chain of command. This is why I haven't really paid, paid too much attention to um, a lot of the theories that are going around these days. Because it's, it's a lot to deal with. And, and it's kind of a a downward spiral into paranoia. <laughs> you know? and I know. And that's, that's what I was talking about. There's, that's not, what I, I... there's not much you could do. The only thing... In all my research, anyways, and we've talked about this on the show before, is you can only work on yourself. That's and pretty much it. You can only work on yeah. yourself and influence those around you. And the more influence yeah. you have, the world will get better, you know? Yeah, that's totally true. And the key word when you said there is influence, because this is a time where influence is going to go a lot further than any other time in history, because if you were to bring up concepts like the simulation theory right. back in the 50s, you're going to be laughed out of the room. Yeah. Nowadays, people are open to it. You can tell them this this kind of stuff, and they're not going to laugh you out of the room. Say, you know, they're open-minded about it because it's the digital age, and the Internet is here, and it's there's tons of, of possibilities that we're discovering every day that people didn't think was possible the day before. So... Yeah, taking care of your own life, figuring out your own quest, and then influencing others on how they can they can further their own quest is the most power that you have right now. And and it, and again, it's great because these new concepts are able to be introduced with less rejection. These different types of concepts that we're discussing is that, yeah, I mean, you couldn't talk about this with with anybody before, really. It's it wouldn't you wouldn't be taken seriously. But that's why maybe all these movies come out about like uh, like these sci-fi, this sci-fi reality. I mean, the reason why I got into sci-fi to begin with has nothing to do with entertainment. Right. It was because in the eighties. I really thought that uh, science fiction would become reality, and I had, and it really started with a teacher that I had that told me that, and he, and that's the only thing that kept my attention in science class because it wasn't interesting to me when I was a kid. Right. But when he said that, he says, "Hey, do you guys like like Star Wars? Do you guys like uh, science fiction?" And of course, most kids do. And he says, "Well." That's why you should pay attention in this class because it's going to happen. Whatever you see in the movies, in sci-fi movies, it's going to happen. And I remember wow. this was like seventh, seventh grade, and he said that. And ever since then, I kept always watching like Demolition Man. This is when, <laughs> like when I was seventh grade, that's when it came out. Yeah. I always always tried to to stay up on the sci-fi movies because it really. I really was seeing the world become like how the movies become like the movies. So we're here now. Science fiction is reality now. Right. And and I'm just so happy to be on this mission. <laughs> and and there's gonna be a fucking badass ending. I'm telling you. I think so too. It, I think we're gonna see some shit in our lifetime. 
Oh, yeah. And you the know, protagonist... Um, I just um, wanted to um, say a real quick Tupac quote. He says, his famous quote is, I, he's like, I can't guarantee that I'm going to change the world, but I can guarantee that I'm going to plant a seed to, in someone that will change the world. Damn, I mean, that's, I couldn't have said it better, Tupac. Yeah, Tupac is. Tupac. Yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much what he did. And now there's a legion of people that have been inspired by him. And then you look at rap, I mean, just bring it up. I mean, look at, I, I mean, there is more reason to think the Illuminati has infiltrated the music industry because look at how insightful hip-hop used to be. Rock, also, all music. Look how insightful lyrics used to be. Right. But now, it's like they just, it's like they just want us to worship the, the very, the most superficial and empty gods that they have to offer it. Money, right. cars, private jets, girls, let's fucking burn money and flush it down the toilet and film it and put it on Instagram and <laughs> let's just let's just indulge in material nothingness right. and not have anything of any insider substance. Whereas before, you look at all this, they're like public enemy, um, what is a public enemy, and then uh, Brand Nubian, yeah. and Tupac. You look at all that hip-hop, it was so powerfully different. Like even Wu-Tang and... And um, all the hip hop from the '90s and before, from the '80s to the '90s, and same with rock. Yeah. Uh, yeah, punk rock and all that. But now it's just kind of it's pop. Pop is what's in right now. It's pop. Pop is pretty much what's in right now. Yeah. And I mean, even pop music in the past was more substance, more substantial than it is now. It's just straight garbage now. Straight up garbage it's all fucking garbage and i enjoy some of it as a purely audio for purely audio enjoyment oh it's a nice beat that's a nice tune that's a nice melody but yeah the repetitiveness of having that shit raped raping your ears everywhere you go <laughs> uh-huh. can't even go to the, the grocery store without having that shit rape you you know yeah and so uh we're gonna we're gonna get to the to the bottom of this sooner or later. Yeah. But until then, until then, we're just gonna stay in shape. Yeah. And so I, I just want to leave uh, the show today by saying by saying do whatever the fuck you want to do, man. But like, <laughs> keep digging. But remember these questions. Because they're more important than your bank account. They're more important than your job. Because if you get faced with, um, if you get faced with a situation where you gotta leave Earth in the form of death, you're gonna wish that you studied this more. Because none of that other shit is gonna matter nearly as much as, as figuring out Figuring out the essence of who and what we are, we are, as an organism, as a planet, and as an individual organism. You have to fucking focus on that. And not all day long. 
I mean, I focus on it all day long <laughs> when I'm when I'm on, and then I get sucked back into into the the matrix, and then I play along with my coworkers and I play along with everyone that I have to. I pay all my taxes. I put on uh, nice clothes when I go to a job interview, and no one would ever guess that any of this crap is in my head. They just think I'm, I'm I go along to get along that. I'm just a status quo, regular guy. But I'm not, man. I'm the fucking... I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what you really <laughs> are. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, no, I'm fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger from Total Recall. Yeah. Uh, Neo from The Matrix. Um, the guy from The Island. I'm just kidding, of course, but... Uh, You're Rocky Balboa. Rocky and... Ivan Drago, not <laughs> but um, yeah. So I hope that you're Adonis this, Creed. Adonis Creed from uh, the sixth. Is that the sixth Rocky? I think it's the seventh. Or the seventh. I've so lost track. That actually was a pretty good movie. You're a baby. No, Creed. You're a false Creed. <laughs> false Creed. You're a you're a false Creed. Or are you the That's future a, of this division? Oh, that's an even better one. Yes, I, I am the future of this division. You are. We I all am are. the future of this division. And you are too, man, because you got to remember, source code. Same source code, different variation. Mm-hmm. So, we all are. Special clock. Every, yeah, everybody has this. Everybody has the source code. Just figure out how to use it. How do you use it? You have like this programming, you have this code, but you just don't know how to, you don't know how to program it into the operating system and make, make changes, add abilities and remove negative programs. If you know how to do that, you have the keys to change the entire operating system itself. Magic. I like that. Yeah. So. So that's Go ahead and go out and. uh Go ahead. Let's peace out there. It's over an hour. We gotta go. Yeah. But thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, Jamie. Uh huh. Yeah. Thanks, my man. Uh, uh, very happy to have been a part. All right. See you later. Okay. See ya.